Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Welcome to the teaching about the foundations of the Christian life, and I believe that the Holy Spirit will speak to you today and. I pray that the Lord will open your spiritual eyes to see the light of heaven and open your spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit of God wants to say to you. May the Lord give us more faith and more understanding and insight of His truth. Let us get into the teaching. This is the number 37 lesson on the Series called 80 Lessons, Building Firm Foundations. In fact, we have altogether 80 lessons, but each lesson is quite long. So I have been teaching only half an hour in each session. So one lesson will take longer than one time. I have to teach a few times to finish one lesson. I hope that you listened to the last one already, teaching about standing on God's truth. And we will continue in that lesson again about the basic Christian foundations. We want to build good foundations on our faith walk. Last time we learned about who God is, who Jesus is, and we want to continue to learn very important, basic, biblical foundations And from these good biblical foundations, we can build our life on precept upon precept, truth upon truth, grace upon grace. Let's look at the next truth in the Bible. Who is the Holy Spirit? As I mentioned last time, our God is one God, but there are three persons in one God. We call these three persons Trinity, the first one, the Father, who is sitting on the throne, and He is in heaven. Number two, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus came into the world to become a man and a Savior of the whole world. But the third part of the Trinity, the Bible called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And He dwells on the inside of every believer. And He also dwells on every believer as well. He is working on earth here to help us. The Holy Spirit is God. He is not an abstract, a form of energy or a form of power. Yes, He has power, but He is a person. He is the living God. Therefore, If we put down the Holy Spirit or say anything against the Holy Spirit or if we talk against the Holy Spirit or reject Him, actually, we are rejecting God Himself. The Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son, they are all God. They are equal in authority and power. The Holy Spirit is a person who has divine personality and character and 
He has power. He has feeling. He has emotion, thought, decision. He can help us. I want to say this way: for me, according to the Bible, the Holy Spirit is the most important person in my life on this planet Earth. Yes, I love my wife, and my wife is very important to me. But the Holy Spirit Himself is God, and He is the most important person in my life. I want to fellowship with Him. I want to get to know Him. I want to obey Him, walk with Him, follow Him, listen to Him, and I want to have more of Him in my life. The Holy Spirit is the counselor. He gives us counsel. He tells us what to do. He's the best counselor. I always ask the Holy Spirit what I need to do, what I need to say, where I should go, what I should do with the situation. He guides me in my ministry, in my being parent, in my practice as a neurosurgeon. He is not only my counselor; he is your and my helper. He helps us in everything in our faith walk. Definitely, he will not help us to sin. To do evil thing, he will help us to do the right thing, to do good, to obey the Father, to follow the Word of God. So the Holy Spirit was sent to us by the Father. The Lord Jesus promised that He will send the Holy Spirit to be with us. The Holy Spirit has very important roles for our life as a believer in this world. For example, the roles of the Holy Spirit or the Responsibility or the function of the Holy Spirit on this earth is such as convicting people of their sin or opening spiritual eyes and heart to see that they are doing something wrong, or bringing a spiritual birth to a new believer. Before I became a Christian, I heard the voice in my life calling me, "Come back home, come back home," and now I look back. I know now the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, and He was calling me to believe in Jesus and to become a child of God. The Holy Spirit is living in every believer, and He also anoints the believer to have the power to serve the Lord. He works in every believer so that the righteousness and the holiness and purity of God can be produced in. Our life, we call His holiness or righteousness the fruit of the Holy Spirit: love, kindness, patience, long-suffering, goodness. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit will transform our life, our heart attitude, motive, our words, our lifestyle, and character. Not only that, the Holy Spirit comes upon us to anoint us. So that we can have supernatural power, or we call it spiritual gifts, or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, so that we can serve the Lord, serve His people, and serve the body of Christ. He is our teacher. When we read the Bible, when we listen to the sermon, actually, even though the preacher or the teacher is talking. In the lesson, but actually, we should open our heart to the Holy Spirit to teach us. At the same time, we are listening to the teaching. 
or when we open the Bible and read the Scripture, we should open our heart, yield to the Holy Spirit, and let the best teacher of the whole universe reveal the truth and the will of God in the Scripture, so that we understand the way of God. I practiced this for a long time. Nowadays, when I read the Bible or when I study the lesson, I can sense the Holy Spirit so quickly, and He is speaking to me. He show me things, and sometimes He speak to me more than whatever the book show me when I read or when I listen to the sermon. He speak to me more than what the preacher say. You see, the Holy Spirit can speak to you, can teach you personally. He's a great teacher. Luke chapter 24, verse 49 say, Behold, I sent the promise of my Father upon you. The promise of the Father can be found in the book of Joel chapter 2. God say, I will pour my spirit on all the people. But tarry, await in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The Lord Jesus talked about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and the baptism with fire, that the believer will have the anointing or the power to live a victorious life, to be able to overcome the enemy, the attack, the temptation, and the things of this world, and can serve God effectively. John chapter 15, verse 26, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The Father sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in every believer. In this New Testament time, every born-again Christian has the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside. In the Old Testament, the believer did not have the Holy Spirit inside them. But today, all of us have the Holy Spirit on the inside because Jesus already opened that door and give us the right to receive the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11, the Bible talks about the work of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit that can manifest through us. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, the profit of the church, the profit of people around us. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one And the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. As I serve the Lord for more than 30 years now, oh, I enjoy watching, observing the manifestation of the Spirit of God on my brother and sister in the churches around the world. I can see that some people have the gift of teaching. Wow, they teach very well. Some people have the gift of helps by the Holy Spirit. They are so anointed to do the computer work, the website, video recording, sound recording. Some people are anointed to minister to the children, to 
help people to give word of encouragement. I know a few people in the world that have the gift of giving. Wow! When I am around them, it's amazing. They're so generous. They love to give, and God bless them to have more in their hands, and they give more. I know one pastor that God always bring very valuable thing to her, and any time she come around people, she give those away. She never keep it. She never even use it and wear it for herself. She just the hand of God. She receive from people, and she just give away, give away, give away. Wow, the gift of giving by the Holy Spirit is so wonderful, so fun to see that we all have different gifts and manifestation of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verses 13 to 15. However, when He, the Spirit of Truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things. To come, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit will help us to love Jesus, believe in Jesus, honor Jesus. The Holy Spirit will reveal the truth from heaven. Will help us to understand, open our spiritual eyes. He is our teacher. He is our guide. He will tell us what to do. We should be so connected to the Holy Spirit. We should have the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We should welcome the Holy Spirit into our church, into our life. This is the reason why I love to lay hand on people. I love to call the Holy Spirit fire to come down and touch people, because I know it's so important. For the believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to have the fruit and the power of the Holy Spirit, so that is another truth, the foundational truth that we need to know: the Holy Spirit. We learn about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and what is the Bible. Now, next truth that we need to know: mankind and sin. The Bible teaches us that man was created by God. Man is different from other creatures or animals. Animal has only body and soul, but man was created in the image of God. Man is very precious in the sight of God, and man is not only having the physical body and soul, but man has the spirit. Our God is spirit, and man has a spirit. Therefore, we are in the image of God. We have the creative idea. We know what is right, what is wrong. We have morality. We have the character of God on the inside of us. Animals do not have the character of God because they did not have the spirit. They were not created in the image of God. Initially, God created man to be sinless, good, and having the freedom of choice. And relationship with Him, God also has a wonderful destiny for mankind. He has the plan for mankind, the plan to have peace, to have a future, and to be blessed. But man fell into sin because Adam and Eve decided not to obey the Lord. Therefore, mankind has missed God's 
perfect plan and destiny for his life. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 say, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. You see, man was not evolved from monkey or from any animal. Man was created by God in the image of God. And God want to bless man. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You can see here that man was created in the image of God. That's why we can worship God, know God, and we can have fellowship with God. We can talk to Him and we can listen to Him. But Genesis chapter 3 verse 17, what happened? Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. So what happened? The first couple, Adam and Eve, who were our ancestors, they decided to disobey God, rebelled against God. They sinned against God. Therefore, the curses enter into the world system, into mankind. Since then, every person who was born into this world, born with the sinful nature, including me too. I was born with the sinful nature of Adam and Eve. And this is why we see all the problems in this world. The curses, the damage, the death, the problem in this world. You see people killing each other, hating each other, lies, gossiping, jealousy, wars, sicknesses and diseases and poverty, all kinds of problems have entered into this world because of man's sin and rebellion. Okay, man is not from monkey. Man was created by God and man disobeyed God. And man have become a sinner. This is why we need God's help to come out from the bondage of sin, from the curse and from the attack of the devil. After we talk about man and sin, we need to understand the word salvation. The Bible teaches that God has prepared the way of salvation for man who has fallen into sin. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and to take sin, sickness, curses on His body. And His death is to pay for the penalty for man's sin. Every man can be saved from the wages of sin and its influences by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, accepting Him into His life, and repenting of His sin. Man is saved and redeemed from sin through faith in God and by His grace, not by His good works. No man in the world, including me, can do good enough to go to heaven and to be set free from sin and to have salvation. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that 
the offense might abound. But when sin abounded, grace abounded much more. You see, we cannot help ourselves. We are sinners. We need God's mercy, God's grace and power to set us free from sin. How did He do it? He sent Jesus Christ into the world, the Son of the Living God. He came into the form of a human being, and He went to the cross. At the cross, He shed His blood. He suffered the pain, the persecution on the cross. His body took mankind's sin, curses, sickness, rejection, death, everything bad on him. He received the punishment of sin for us. So when we come to him by faith and say, "Thank you, Jesus, I allow you to take my sin away. I allow you to be punished on my behalf." I surrender to you. You are my God. I believe your death and your sacrifice pay for my sin. Come into my life, and I repent of my sin, because we have that faith in Jesus and what He did for us. We have faith in His grace. That faith opened the door for the salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. We need to believe that Jesus is the Son of the Living God. We need to believe what Jesus did for us. His grace is so good to us, and then we repent of our sin. John chapter three, sixteen to seventeen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Ephesians two eight. For by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourself or your own ability, your own action. It is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift of God. So we can see here that salvation is important. Jesus paid for us. We have faith, and that faith we can receive the grace of salvation. The next foundation truth in the Bible is what is the church. So we learn about who is God, who is Jesus, what is the Bible, who is the Holy Spirit, who is man and sin, and what is salvation. Now we learn another subject: the church. The Bible teaches us that the church is a group of people who have put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of their sin. The church is the community of God's people, and the church reveals. God's character and glory to this world. The book of Ephesians chapter three tell us that the church is God's vehicle or instrument for bringing His will into the world. The church is the center of God's will for this world. We will learn this in detail in another lesson, but this is just a summary. The church is compared to the bride of Christ, for whom Jesus will come back to meet and to join with. The church is also like a body. Which is doing his work in this world. Each member is like a part of the body. He or she must function differently and corporately according to his or her calling and giftings. The body cannot function as well if one of its parts are missing. Therefore, it's the perfect will of God that every believer must commit his or her life to a local church. I tell you the truth. I'm sold out for the church. I live for the church. 
I will build the church. I will do anything with my energy, my money, my time, my gifts, my talents. I use my home, my car, everything in my life to build the church because the church is so important in the hearts of God. A few days ago, I talked to a man who claimed to be a preacher and claimed that he can travel to preach the word of God. But I asked him, "Do you belong to any church?" He said, "No." At that point, I was shocked because every believer should be a part of the local church, so that he or she can be accountable, can receive love, training, correcting. If you're floating around without having a church, it's dangerous. You have no protection, and the devil can attack you. And if you do something wrong, no one gonna correct you. No one gonna talk to you. I believe that every Christian should find a good local church and be a part of a good local church. Ephesians chapter three verses nine to ten, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. So the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. To the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. In the book of First Corinthians, chapter twelve, twelve to twenty-seven, talk about the body of Christ or the church. For as the body is one and has many members, and one of the members of the church, no matter how long I have been a Christian, I still need to commit to my local church. But all the members of that one body. Can you imagine if you cut? Your finger out of the body. What can happen to the finger? The finger will die, and the body will suffer. Being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. You see, we are baptized into the body of Christ. Water baptism, baptism into the body, baptism with fire, and baptism with the Holy Spirit. We are also baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks. Whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, "Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body," is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, "Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body," is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye. Where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as He pleased. You can see that God wants to put every believer in the local church. Every believer should not float around doing their own thing and just stay away from the local church. Everybody need to find a good local church. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, "I have no need of you." Nor again the head to the feet, "I have no need of you." No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on this we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, 
having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no kism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. You are part of the body. Don't run away from church. Find a local church and members individually. So we can see here that the truth is we need to be in the local church. I believe that you learn so many things about the foundational truths that you must stand on. I come back in the next teaching to continue to talk about the basic Christian doctrines that we need to know and we build our life on these basic teachings or basic doctrines of foundations so that our life will be so fruitful, effective, and we can run the race to the end. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Who is the Holy Spirit to you? And how should you relate to the Holy Spirit? The second question, how does a sinner come into relationship with God? Or in other words, how is a person born again and become a son or a daughter of God? I hope that you understand and see the foundation of the Christian life here, the biblical foundations. I will come back to talk to you again in the next teaching. God bless you. Thank you for spending time with me. May the Lord shower His blessing, His grace, His goodness, His favor upon your life. And may the Lord help you to run the race to the finish line and you will be the blessing to the nations. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Think that I-